In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Now, the victory by which the world is overcome is our faith. For who is victor over the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. No matter how bleak our world looks, and during our Lenten discussion, it looked bleak indeed as we discussed the role of the church in society today, God has a plan. When we listen to more words of John's, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is a child of God. He's saying, let's believe and leave the rest to God. In our group discussions, we wondered about the growing apathy towards the Christian church in England, the open hostility vented towards Christians by well-known atheists such as Richard Dawkins, the dropping away of worshippers from the churches, the rising of a secular society, the raising of children who don't even have the fundamentals of the Christian story, the growth of atheism. And we asked, Will the church ever recover, or will it fade to a thing of the past? But then we read the same bewailings from Christians centuries ago, and they usually heralded a great revival. So what do we know? The victory by which the world is overcome is our faith that Jesus is the Son of God. The more rebellion and apathy as the church tries to become more inclusive and less judgmental, easier to accept and gentler on the soul, the more truly dedicated Christians will endeavor to reach unbelievers and misbelievers to meet them where they are, to respect other faiths, to love mankind, and to show by example what living the Christian life really is, what it means to be countercultural as Jesus was. Let's not let the few detractors with their booming voices tell us when and how we are to profess our faith by which the world will be overcome. Let's just do it. Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny. My guest this week is Julie Meekins, one of the first homeschoolers I interviewed in 2010. She and her husband have founded a new business based on their expertise in child development, offering ways to retrain the brain and help children and their parents with challenges large and small. I'll be excerpting from my book, talking about Easter. We're still in the season until Ascension and Pentecost having a poke at baby boomer unemployment issues and looking forward to our oldest son's visit to these fair shores. I'm eating homemade chocolate chip cookies this afternoon that I rescued from the depths of the freezer where they've been hibernating for Lent. Could be a good breakfast snack too, so get a hot drink and join me for an hour of gentle banter. Easter was memorable. I hope you all had a wonderful Easter too. We had Malia home and all was well. We attended lots of services, including, as I'd mentioned a few shows back, a witness walk down the high street, where a large procession followed the cross to the village green outside St. George's. 
the 227 bus was behind us all the way as we walked in the road, and police were on hand to halt the traffic and make the way easier for us. Luckily, it only took about 10 minutes, so we really didn't rile too many people in cars. On the green, an ecumenical service was held, and I was thrilled to hear a Baptist, as well as Methodist, Catholic, and non-denominational preachers from the churches of Beckenham leading prayers and worship. Easter Sunday pulled out all the stops. The choir sung Haydn's Nelson Mass beautifully, and the numbers in the church were vast, at least 400, if not more. Hats were everywhere. This is England. And I found a colourful pair of silk trousers to wear that we bought from Malia on Portobello Road. They suited the bohemian in me. We all cooked lunch together because Malia had to return to Leon C to work the following morning. So we ate about two o'clock in the afternoon with my brother. He stayed until I left for Evensong at 5.15 and Malia had to catch her train. I think that was the longest visit my brother and I have had since I've been here. This weekend, our choir was in Canterbury to sing while the cathedral choir was on holiday. It is traditionally called Low Sunday in the church because everyone comes to Mass the week before, so they skip the following Sunday. And guess what? We skipped too by going to Westminster Cathedral for the vigil Mass on Saturday evening at 6. We walked close to the front of this vast building and were still a long way from the priest when he was up at the altar and even further away from the organist all the way on the eastern wall. The organ pipes were behind us, which was odd. I could see this man playing away in front of me, and I could hear him from behind me. The mass was high, had incense, a canter, hymns, sung responses. At communion, about 12 priests processed down the aisle to their stations within the cathedral and distributed the host. As we were leaving after the final hymn, I looked at the clock on the wall in the entranceway, and it showed two minutes to seven, and I said, at least 800 communicants, a full high mass, and they still managed to get us out of here in under an hour. These Catholics are amazing, responded my cowboy. Yes, they are. I suppose Jesus set the precedent with his feeding of the 5,000. No hanging around. Well, on that, let's go to my book excerpt from chapter 22 entitled The Outside Draws In. I'm still in my memoir part, and I've taken my advanced level exams in England, and I'm now preparing to go to college with my best friend from school. I started working during my holidays when my parents returned to London, and I turned 16. I could get in quite a few weeks during my relatively long breaks. I took a train into Clapham Junction and worked at a department store called Arding and Hobbs. My extended family, all Londoners, called it Harding and Hobbs, typically dropping H's and adding them where they weren't required. These grammatical errors embarrassed my parents. I loved them, still do. I spent quite a few holidays in this August shop with its are-you-being-served atmosphere and rather enjoyed working in various departments for stretches of four and five weeks. The few summers I worked were abbreviated because of our month-long family camping holiday to Italy. But I made quite a bit of money and my mother always took her share of the housekeeping, which was usually 20%. The rest I would use to buy myself the odd treat or save. For a couple of holidays, my brother worked in the same department store with me. He was in menswear while I was in coats, and he'd come and collect me for our coffee and lunch breaks. For some reason, we expected this of one another while employed under the same roof. The least favourite place I worked in this store was the bargain basement. I'd be sent downstairs during the Christmas holidays because I was a part-time junior. 
where there were noisy mechanical toys being demonstrated to glaze-eyed parents and their excited children all day. I'd leave with a crashing headache every evening, compounded by a train ride and a long walk home at the other end. One year, I'd had enough of Harding's and worked at Marks and Spencer's just next door. They paid well and weren't quite as old-fashioned as the Victorian department store. Marks, as it was called by the employees, was a Jewish company, and my mother pointed out they looked after their own, and they did. There was a full-staff cafeteria where the ingredients for their pies and soups and main meals came from the much-respected and highly-priced food hall. There was a hairdressing salon with full service that could be taken advantage of during lunch without having to leave the shop. Lunch on a tray was included in the price. I was able to transfer from store to store as it was a chain, unlike Arding's, and work at whichever branch of Marks I was closest to during my breaks. This was a great asset as I went to college in a different part of London to where my parents lived. Usually I was relegated to socks, the least popular of the departments, and I had to keep them neatly folded all the time just in case the manager paid a surprise visit to my department. Here at Marks and Spencer, I developed my healthy English contempt for customers. They messed up my tidy displays miserably. At the end of the school holiday, my mother would present me with the housekeeping money I'd given her during my employment. With it, we would go shopping together. It seems like a rule of thumb that one's money goes a whole lot further when accompanied by mother, a fact borne out in later years by my children. One this particular spree, I had £11 and managed to buy leather gloves, stockings, an outfit and a handbag. What a deal. Let's not mention the year. Suffice it to say it was sometime in the late 1900s. <laughs> that sounds like a long time ago. I began looking at universities and chose the lesser of the three evils on offer to a female student from a remote convent where ladies were graduated who may work for a few years before fulfilling their role as wife and mother. At this juncture, further education and a full-blown career were new ideas not yet fully embraced by the frail trustees of the school. I could join the army, not very feminine but considered patriotic. Be a nurse, very motherly, and heading in the right domestic direction. Or go to teach training college, another motherly pursuit to stand me in good stead for when my knight in shining armour finally showed up. I wanted to be a doctor or a broadcaster or a lawyer, but the necessary A-levels for these careers were not offered at Thornton, so I settled for teacher training, knowing I could while away the three years in happy pursuit of the written word and read for pleasure in the subject I was best at, English. My first choice was go to the college in Canterbury, part of Kent University, where my cousin was already attending and which had strong family connections. I'd made five choices and my best friend and I, we didn't want to be separated after school, sent off our applications and went to the interviews. I was provisionally accepted all five of them, depending on my A-level results, and finally accepted my fifth choice because my best friend was only accepted there. My parents were posted to Iran just as I was finishing school, and I declined the other colleges to the dismay of my mother. But by then, they were thousands of miles away again, and apart from controlling the purse strings, they had little or no say over where they eventually directed their money for my continuing education. After the summer holidays, which I spent in Iran, I returned to London to discover that my best friend's father was not permitting her to return to England from South Africa for college because she was needed at home to look after her mother. 
I thought those mandates had been lost with the end of the empire, but at least my parents didn't offer the tawdry so admonition I felt I deserved. I'd lost my chance at Canterbury with family living close by, and I took my place at London University with dignity, having learned a valuable lesson. Henceforth, I'd go my way without being influenced by anyone unless, of course, they were paying. I minded of me, but after college, I did succeed in moving away from convention. I completed my degree with the others in my year and was ready to be released from my parents' grasp and let loose on the outside world. Within three weeks, I was married. So the nun's modus operandi proved prophetic. But that's another story. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Have you been laid off? Fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective, all must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. My guest this week is Julie Meekins, a child development specialist and health coach who looks at the child in a holistic way and offers practical lifestyle coaching methods to help the whole family lead a happy, healthy life in a way that's flexible, fun, and free of denial. 
Julie and her family rallied to help their youngest, who had been diagnosed with CHARGE syndrome at birth in 1995, progress through the natural development of her body step by step to overcome a medically predicted world of darkness for her future. Julie is a homeschooling mother of four, and since we last spoke, she and her husband have founded a new business to help families with children who may be struggling with quirky behaviours, roller coaster emotions, social skills, or immaturity. Welcome, Julie. It's a pleasure to have you back on my show. Vivian, it is so good to be here. So much has happened since the last time I've talked with you. Oh, well, I'm glad, and I'm dying to hear all about it. I can't wait so, to share. Well, yeah. Well, um, first off, how are you? And um, is it too early in the morning, or are you awake with your coffee? <laughs> I am doing well. I was very happy to know that your time is an hour before my time, and yeah. so, <laughs> or at least the time of being on this radio program. Yeah. And so I am happy that it's after 9 o'clock and not after oh, 8 o'clock. Okay. Oh, good, 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 good. Well, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon for me or 2.15 in the afternoon for me because I'm in England. Ah, that's right. I've forgotten that. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I, you know, I've, I've done my day. I've had my breakfast, had my lunch and everything. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Julie, why don't you give us a little bit of background on why you became, first off, a certified neurodevelopmentalist, and then um, after that we can talk about what led to your company. Okay. Well, often... Uh, when you have something going on in your own family, it leads you in journeys that you wouldn't even imagine. Uh, my daughter was born, like you said, with TARD syndrome and was severely delayed. Her prognosis was blind. Her prognosis was blind and deaf and mentally retarded. And uh, they told us that she probably wouldn't walk or talk or eat by mouth. So we went looking for the best way to move her forward and stumbled upon the ND approach. Shortly after beginning a program with her, our son began to fall apart. But it was all God's timing. Um, mm -hmm. Joshua had an insult to his immune system that manifested itself in behavioral issues and learning struggles. So we had this little girl with all of these disabilities, and then we had our precious little son, two years older than her, falling apart by day. Uh, mm -hmm. But the ND approach had outstanding results in our home. After working a program with my own children and offering support to countless other families who were doing the same, I was led to take my knowledge and experience to the next level so that I could begin to help other children on a deeper and more professional level. We found mm -hmm. that there were so many people, and there still are, that don't know that this is an opportunity for their families. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, I know that the last time you were on the show, we did we talked a lot about the importance of going through um, the developmental um, steps and not skipping anything. And we talked about how sometimes children of an older age had to go back to the crawling age so that they could get the brain kind of, you know, sort of working in the same and the correct direction in order for them to be able to develop beyond where they were. And um, I know that that's what you did with your youngest daughter. She's 17 now, isn't she? She is 17. She just yes. had her 17th birthday last week. Yeah, yeah. And um, so is that, I know on your, on your email, on the bottom of your email, you've got brain gym, and that sounds like so much fun. And you talk about changing um, the messages that the brain is receiving from the body, which sometimes like, um, I know my, I've got a nephew who cannot stand those seams in his socks, you know, those tube socks that have got seams at the bottom of them. And, and I know you talk about um, how, how you can sort of um, retrain the brain so it's not that sensitive. So could you talk 
a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yes, if you do specific exercises as opposed to random exercises, you do specific exercises, they open up pathways in the brain. And if you think of your brain as being like a roto-rooter and you need to clean out the sludge, uh, when you open up the pathways, then it gives them every opportunity to make connections. When the brain makes those connections, that's when you see the function change. So you mentioned about socks. My son didn't wear socks for, oh, probably about a year, uh, which wasn't very pleasant for his sisters <laughs> because he would wear shoes, but he wouldn't wear socks. And so when you take shoes off and your feet have been sweating in them, and especially if you do that in closed environments like a car, um, it it wreaks havoc on the sense of smell. And we would get lots of squeals and squeaks. Joshua has three sisters. And when he would take his shoes off in the car, it was pretty impossible to stay in the car at that time. So what we had to do with him, we had to stimulate his brain so that his brain knew that it was okay for his feet to wear socks. And the way that we did that was through what um, some people call a tactile glove. Uh, we happen to call it a scat- scratchy glove. It is just a regular old bath glove. And, and here in the States, we find them in our dollar stores. And so you take this glove and you put it on your hand and you lightly touch all of the areas that seem to be a problem. So for Joshua, it was his feet, but it was also all four of his limbs, his front, his back, his neck. He didn't want the tags in his clothing. We had a daughter who had issues on her arms with certain kinds of textures of clothing. And so we did that. And here's a tip. Um, here's a freebie for everybody out there. You do that twice a day for two to three minutes, and over time those connections will be made and it will no longer be a problem for your children. My son is now in college, and he is doing fine at wearing his socks and shoes. Well, that's amazing. It's amazing. But there are some people that are hypersensitive to more things than, than others, and so I suppose it would work moderately well um, you know, for, for people who have, because some people really are highly sensitive and, and I don't think anything you can do will, will help them. Well, there are some things that will help them a little bit, but um, I think they're just born that way, are they? Well, it's possible that they were born that way, but here's the deal. It's never too late. You can always exercise the brain. The brain's plasticity is absolutely amazing. And so her mantra and our philosophy at our business is it's never too late. And if you can apply simple activities and there's a possibility of change, why not do it? Right. Well, um, we can talk about that a little bit later when we're talking about um, a few other things. Um, you belong to um, the now. You belong to the American Association of Drugless Pre- Practitioners, and as a holistic um, child development specialist, yes. I, I understand that you know, un- unlike other medical practitioners who just go straight for the prescription and prescribe you a drug you try to look a little bit further than what the surface symptoms are to try and find out what's going on behind the scenes to be causing this behavior. But does this mean that you don't approve of any use of drugs at all, or can you do it in tandem? Oh, definitely can be done in tandem. And we will never, ever say 
to a client, either in our health coaching practice or in our child development practice, that you should get off any medications that your doctor has given you. We will never say that. What we will say is, let's see if we can stimulate the brain so that you may not need those particular medications or you may not need the particular doses that you have. And so we very much encourage our clients to work in tandem with their doctor. All right. Um, so things like ADD, which I'm sure you've come in, you know, you've come in contact with with the parents that you've been talking to. How Every would day. you use? Yeah, how would you use this brain gym technique to work with a child who has ADD? Oh, it's it's fascinating. Uh, again, brain gym is all about movement to bring about those open pathways so that we can make connections so that new function comes to the child. And so there are specific activities that you can do with the child. Um, and what's interesting about brain gym that I find fascinating, a little bit different than previous uh, learning that I had gotten, is that it is um, the way that God made our bodies and our brains is that we intuitively which really is by him, uh, we intuitively know what is best for ourselves if we give ourselves the chance to listen to our own bodies. And so I think that that's part of the brain gym training. Um, I've worked, uh, in fact, this week I worked on two uh, child development children that came into our practice on, with this brain gym median, and it was, it was fabulous to watch them embrace it with all of their beings. There was no, you know how sometimes when you work with adults, there's so much skepticism with when they're trying something new and because they've got to get rid of everything that they've already been taught, right? With children, you don't have that. So you, you introduce these things to them, and they go running off with it, and you know that it's going to be life-changing for them. And it's so refreshing for me to work with them, because I do work with children and adults, to work with the children and have them just go. We don't have to get through all of the things that you've already done and you don't know if you can and I'm not sure if this is right and the kids are just going. And yeah. and they have the opportunity for things to change much quicker. And so you've got the you've got children who actually come to a facility that you have. You have a you have actually an office yes. space yes. where you live and um, take them through, and, and how long maybe would the sessions be, and, uh, you know, 30 minutes or an hour, but for how many weeks would you, would you be seeing children for? Good question. We have several different programs. We like to offer um, affordability to our clients, and so we are always working on new programs that can introduce this concept to those, whether they have you know, uh, they, they are of means or if they are really struggling. And a lot of, especially homeschooling families, have one income, uh, a lot of them. And so we want to make this affordable to as many people as we possibly can because it is so life-changing. And so, yes, we have a facility, but we also can work by Skype and by email. Um, you know, in this age of technology, you can take pictures and videos on your telephone, and they can go to email, and then you can have whatever it is that you need to know by looking at your email, which is pretty awesome, or by doing Skype. And so we have a facility, and when the, the children come to us in the facility, then we offer them a three-month program, a six-month program, and we are about to launch a group program, which is actually going to be more of a teleclass. We just finished doing a three-part teleclass series, which was so much fun. Um, on my part, it was like writing a 30-page paper 
once a week for those three teleclasses. But it was so fabulous. We have to go on a short break, but we'll be back in 90 seconds. So hang in there. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 3 Central on Toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Toginet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of second chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. The show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, Julie, I know you're really excited about your new business. I don't know how old it is, so you can tell us that. And um, so tell us a little bit about your new business. And then I do want to talk about your um, nutrition, your integrative nutrition. So tell us about March 4th Family. Oh, I would love to tell you about March 4th Family. March 4th Family is one year old. It was uh, one year old on March 4th. Uh, We opened it in 2011, March 4th. And it's all about, um, and we love the name because it is all about taking where we are and moving forward. And so our business has everything to do with children who are struggling and whatever their challenge is. We work with all of the labels, ADD, ADHD, autism, all of the syndromes, charge syndrome, Down syndrome, whatever you can uh, bring to us. We know that we can work those 
stimulating, specific stimulating movements and things to uh, get those kids moving forward. Uh, we cannot predict the future. We cannot say, you know, that your child will be this when we're finished. Um, that's all up to God. What we can say is other children who have done these activities have been able to get this function. So we do that. And then we also do health coaching. I am a women's health coach, and I just adore that opportunity to help. Usually it's nurturing women that I like to work with, and usually they are moms, um, but not always. I'm working right now with a precious young woman in her 20s who is in a service um, job that just depletes her. And so we are doing all kinds of things to help her to understand that it's okay to take care of herself. So we love doing that. So March 4th Family is a business that's been open so that we can reach to more and more and more people and know that there's hope in both those areas, in child development and also in your own personal health. And let's talk about the nutrition side, because I know that certain foods trigger allergies, and I've also discovered in myself, and um, I know it so that so I continue to do it, is when I drink tea, if I drink too much, I'm talking about hot tea with milk, you know, sort of good strong builder's tea, we call it here, uh-huh. it affects my breathing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it triggers my, my asthma. And I know that because I just, and I don't know, it's probably the caffeine or the tannin or something increasing my my heart rate or whatever. And it's just everything is working together and my breath, you know, sort of suffers. So tell us about food allergies and how they're connected to asthma and, and, and other things. Well, what I like to do in both the child development practice and also in my health coaching practice is let's get to the core. Let's figure out, we've got all kinds of symptoms. And your symptom of, you know, drinking tea with milk and, and having the symptoms of breathing issues. So what could be causing those breathing issues? What's going on in the body that could be triggering that? And is it related to the food that we're eating or the milk that we're drinking or something else in our lives that could be causing this particular situation? I know mm-hmm. with our son... Joshua, who had severe allergies um, and asthma and was on prednisone and some of those other crazy drugs that people have to be on and so that they can breathe, um, we knew we had to get to the root cause because it was creating learning problems for him when he mm-hmm. was growing up. And so what I love is getting to the core root. And what is that? What could it be? And so those are the questions that we ask for every client that comes in You know, what could be the root cause? Well, we've learned also that it's not always just about the food that you're eating. It can be about relationships. It can be about the job that you have. And we are learning more and more, even in the medical world, that stress is a creator of all kinds of illness. That's the root cause. So what is causing the stress? You keep going backward and backward, and let's get to the root of what the problem is. I've also learned that our immune systems are screaming at us. If we have a reaction to something, either by allergies or we're lethargic or whatever that's causing us to be less than optimal, oftentimes there's something going on with our immune systems. So what I like to do is encourage my clients to think about what can I do to boost my immune system, and that is... There are some things that right off the bat that are very essential. In this world that we live in with all its toxins and and the uh, depleted food supply that we have, we need fish oil. That is a number one. We all should be having fish oil. Fish oil helps with inflammation. Inflammation causes all kinds of diseases. So we also need a good uh, way to stimulate the flora 
and build flora in our gut. And we do that with probiotics. We can get probiotics through foods. We can get probiotics through supplements. But it is essential to get probiotics in your body because it helps. I think with the problem that we have is that our livers are working overtime to get rid of the toxins in our bodies. But if we have our immune system built up and our gut has the flora that it needs, the liver doesn't have to work so hard. And I could go on and on about all the different things that we need to put in our bodies to build our immune systems. But if we have that concept build your immune system, and then we go do research on how to do that, you've got, you're going a step in the right direction. You know, you say about fish oil. When I came here, on all of the shelves is cod liver oil. When I was growing up, my mother used to have it, it used to sit on our breakfast table, these little capulets of um, cod liver oil, and we always took one every day and everybody in england does you talk to anybody even the young girls in the in the stores when we go in and we ask for cod liver oil they say oh yeah yeah this one's really good you don't regurgitate the fish you know because they take it here every single day i love that i think it's given free by the national health to Ah. to families until their children are like 12 or 14 it's just one of those things that every brit has grown up with so my husband takes this fish oil you know there's this special stuff and i said Let's just get cod liver oil. You know, half a, a quarter of the price. I mean, it's so cheap here. And oh so that's what we've been doing. And I've been taking it as well because I had completely forgotten. I'm looking at fish oil, omega-3s and stuff like that. And I'm going, uh, you know. And then when I came here and I saw cod liver, I went, yeah, I remember taking that when I was a child. <laughs> so that's what we take. And that's what the whole, I mean, I can guarantee that just about everybody in Britain takes one a day. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, I know, I know. And so that that is so good. Oh, I'm so glad that you said that was the top one and then the probiotics and you know as and we can go on and on and, I, and you're saying all of this and I'm thinking have you written a book Julie oh I'm so excited that you would say that we are just about to launch that project and yeah. so um, you, you that is so exciting that you said that I just got goosebumps because the timing is right and we are about my husband and I um, and I forgot to, I neglected, this is terrible, I neglected when, when I was talking about our business that my husband Tom is very much a part of March 4th family and he is about to launch, launch a um, men's health coaching uh, mm-hmm. service. And so he is in the middle of his, stu- almost completing his studies at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and he is about to launch his own business under March 4th family for men. And I'm very, very excited about doing that for him. That's great. So when you go to this institute, how long is that course that you take there? The course is one year long. It is probably um, one of the most fascinating and wonderful and life-changing things that I've done. Um, The Institute for Integrative Nutrition, I cannot say enough uh, good things about it. Um, They are the wave of the future, I do believe, in healthcare and in understanding what we need, self-healthcare. And uh, it it teaches you a hundred different dietary theories, and it has a curriculum for uh, starting a business and building your business and moving it forward and launching it successfully. And then they also have a counseling course that they teach you through that one-year program. It is fascinating. And you can do it um, without having to go anywhere. They send you, I think these days now it's an iPad. I got a little iPod Touch. My husband got an iPod. No, I got an iPod. 
he got an iPod Touch, and now I think they're doing iPads, and they have all of the different modules uh, that you need to study on this iPad. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, have a online service, uh, what they call the student dashboard, where you can interact with people. And then we have Facebook groups, and there's all kinds of support. In fact, we have in our office, our March 4th family office here in Maryland, we have an IIN meetup that meets once a month. And so it is a fabulous community. It is very uh, life-changing, very exciting. I recommend everybody go to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. <laughs> And um, it, well, and it's for uh, self help, but it's also for people who want to start a business and, and help other people and, and and spread the word about it. Yes, absolutely, and that's what launched us. Um, even though I was already working in child development after going to the and I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition because I wanted to know more about the dietary theories that were out there, so I could help my kids that were coming mm-hmm. to our practice. And then it turned into also a health coaching practice. And so are you still doing your uh, your neurodevelopmental um Yes, that is all incorporated. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's all yeah. incorporated in what, you know, once you've learned something, it becomes a part of you. And when it's, it's changed, you know, your children's lives for the good, um, I'm just always wanting to learn what's new and out there and what could also I can add to my practice. But, yes, the neurodevelopmental approach has been absolutely wonderful for our family. But it, when I was speaking to you, were you doing, were you, you weren't free. Were you freelance, but you didn't have your own company, did you? No, we did not have our own company back then. Um, we decided to go off on our own um, after I started at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition because yeah. we realized it was possible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, so you, we already went through a parent comes to you about a child's learning disorders and you, you kind of ask them, you know, what's causing this and look behind the scenes and get to the root cause. For something like, um, well, you said you taught you deal with children with autism. For something that really is a you know a neuro um, function that's not working properly, they they do other things. They don't just do what you do. Or do they go to other specialists? Are there is there you know other help out there as well as what you're doing? You're, you're supplementing, or are you the only source that they're using? Oh, there's all kinds of ways um, to get some help out there. Now, what happens a lot of times with the families that come to me, um, they usually have gone to all the other groups, and they have gotten from them, what you know, whatever services are out there, they've gotten from them, whether it's medical or whether it's therapeutic, uh, what they can get, and there's kind of an end there. Mm-hmm. And then they come to me, and they're like, we just, there, there are some things that are just not happening. You know, mm-hmm. that we've gotten this, and this has happened, and we've gotten that, and this is awesome. But there are still some things that are not happening that we would like to see happen. And mm-hmm. so they come to me because they feel like there's still more that they can do for their children, oftentimes. Um, sometimes they come to me first, and then we just go on our way, and I might resource them out to other places that I think might be helpful to a uh, for them, for a particular thing that they're doing, well, I might say, Julie, you know, we have to go on another break. So, are you able to come back just for a few minutes? Until absolutely. Next All right. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? 
That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on doginet.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher, Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Julie, well, we know that you um, help children who are in need. They need they need your help. They need to be able to, um, you know, get through life. And um, you're helping them with God's help, of course. And I think that's that's wonderful. What I'm really interested in, it, it kind of caught my attention, was when you talk about helping women and not all children. And your husband's going ahead, and he's going to be helping men and you say that you help women who are tired of being tired these might be mothers carers of other sorts i suppose they can be caring for their elderly parents and i'm sure if you haven't already dealt with that you're going to get that too and women are just exhausted and so you're talk- you're going to be talking to them about different life a different lifestyle maybe with your health coaching and that to me is always a little bit worrying because all of a sudden you've got to look in your your pantry and change everything all of your food or do you i mean how do you how what what do you do how do you advise people like that that's a very good question um that's i'm very conservative when i work with my clients and really the the main emphasis is on support and so a good portion of our visit together and our sessions are almost an hour long they're 50 minute sessions and uh the main emphasis is on getting them 
to have the opportunity to share because it is rare in in any kind of uh, situation for people to be able to really unburden their souls and unburden themselves. And so a good portion of the time that we spend together is for me to listen and to support them and to encourage them. And then, of course, I do educate them on foods that are better for them and how to build that immune system that we talked about earlier. And um, it's about giving them permission to take care of themselves because I like to say that I nurture women who are nurturers and they spend all of their time and effort uh, thinking about others. And that is that is noble, that is commendable, that is wonderful. But I, I need to help them understand. Um, it, is, it is very important for me to help them understand that unless you are at your best, then you will not be the caregiver that you want to be. And so let's take care of you, and that's what my job is, to help you to take care of you. So some of the advice might be when you're feeling tired, sit down and rest. Take a nap. That is something that I had to learn myself. And, I, you know, both of my, uh, the things that I do at March 4th Family, both in child development and also nurturing, nurturing women, um, have been the paths that I have walked, the journeys that I have taken. Five years ago, I went and saw a health coach. And the first thing, and my husband and I both went together because I was having difficulty getting out of bed in the morning. I was very, very exhausted and couldn't understand why. And uh, the first thing he did was give me permission to take a nap every day. And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I had ever heard. But, yeah, to just be in tune, if you're tired, your body is telling you something. It could be that you're eating food, that your body is taking way too much energy to process, and Mm -hmm. so you want to look at dietary changes possibly. But I never tell people to go in and change, take out everything in their pantry that is nasty food. I never do that. What I say to them is, Let's crowd out. Let's buy more and more and eat more and more of the good foods. And then less and less of the bad foods will be available to you. And over time, and this is what happened in our family, over time you only have the good stuff available. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, though, we do a lot of walking here in, in England. Yes. And so we go out and we're walking down the high street and we go, oh, that smells so good. And, you know, it's the hamburger joint or the fish and chip shop. I mean, anything that's deep fried just smells so good. How can we get a healthy deep fried something that satisfies that? Because it's your smell. Your sense of smell goes and it triggers something in the brain and, you know, you're in heaven. It is true. That is true. And you know why that is? Because you have a memory of that food. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily even the food itself that tastes good to you. It's it's the memory of that being associated with something that was pleasant for you. Mm-hmm. And so you can change your memories by introducing your bodies to, to new things. And I can tell you that um, I'm not perfect. Uh, I like the 80 20 or the 90-10 rule, and that means 80% or 90% of the time, eat the foods that you know are good for you, and then the other 10 or 20%, give yourself permission to do it. It's okay. And you eat it, and you move on. Yeah, I treat myself to ice cream just once a week, either (laughs) on Friday night or Saturday night, and I look forward to it, but I'm fine then for the rest of the week, and I go, oh, you know, just just kind of goaling towards that that Friday or that Saturday night. But you're not a psychologist, Correct? No, I'm not. You're, not. you're not a life coach. You're a health coach and a neurodevelopmentalist and lots of other great things, a brain gymnast. and <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it, 
you're not, although the health coach is like a life coach, you're not a counselor in a way that people come to you with their, well, emotional problems. I suppose they could, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. It is fabulous to take all of these disciplines and Mm -hmm. pull them together and realize how wonderful it can be to exercise these things. You know, we've done it, you know, we need to walk the talk, my husband and I, and, and we are doing, we are implementing these things, and we are seeing how much um, vim, vigor, and vitality that we have now because we are also walking this path. We are not perfect. We are just like you. You know, we are just like the person that comes in to see us, you know, and so we can embrace them because we know, we intuitively know because we've been there what is going on with them. It may not be the exact same situation, but we know that inside the same struggles are there, and that's why we can love on them because we've been there. Well, Julie, thank you so much. We've come to the end of our time. I've been chatting to Julie Meekins, a child development specialist and health coach who looks at the child in a holistic way and other people that come into her office and offers practical lifestyle coaching methods to help the whole family lead a happy and healthy life. Julie is a homeschooling mother of four, and she and her husband are the founders of a new business, March 4th Family, that helps Parents with children who may be struggling with following directions, math and reading skills, even irritating labels in their clothing. Go to her website where you can sign up for a free initial consultation. Her business also offers a series of teleclasses that you can take in the comfort of your own home. And her website will be on my uh, webpage at Toginet, but it's www.marchforthfamily.com. Thank you so much, Julie, for joining me today. Thank you, Vivian, for the opportunity. It has been a blessing. Well, and it's been a real pleasure for me, and I'm so glad that we got to talk, and it was like been two years, so let's not leave it so long next time. I agree. Let's not. All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and thank you. Thank you, and you too. Bye. Bye now. Well, let's have a look at what we've been doing. It's been um, kind of like miserable weather here in England, but I'm really not going to get into that because it's April and it's England and there are showers everywhere and everywhere's green. But my husband and I went to Kensington Palace um, the other day. Um, we, We went in the morning before our youngest daughter got up. She was on Easter holiday with us. And unlike when she was a sleeping baby, we left her at home in bed to go on our little jaunt, just shouting through her door and inviting her to join us with groans of, no, thanks for asking, though, and see you later, and have fun. And she had fun at home alone, she told us. She slopped around a little bit more than usual, made breakfast, ate it in front of the television. She dozed and watched some more TV. And she knows how to look after herself, this girl, when she's on holiday. Until we arrived at the golden gates of Kensington Palace, we'd forgotten it had undergone massive restoration for the last three months. £12 million worth of restoration, to be exact. And I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. It was lovely to walk through the rooms and compare them to Hampton Court or Windsor Castle. The long corridors that go along the window side of the palaces with all the rooms connecting, the portrait galleries and the fireplaces... There are window seats and views of the gardens designed by princesses who had lived in the palace before. But not a royal bathroom or kitchen in sight. 
And I couldn't help but wonder what I, as a princess, would do for a cuppa and a piece of cake, not being able to stand propped up against the kitchen counter with my builder's tea in hand and crumbs down my jumper. I'm obviously thinking princess all wrong. And next week, my oldest son, the filmmaker, is coming to visit us. We were resigned to the fact that he was being sensible in realising as a self-employed individual, he not only had to spend money getting here, he also had no paid vacation to squander once safe on the ground again and would lose potential income from part-time and agency jobs while here on holiday. We respected his probing question, was visiting the parentals and sister financially worth it? And rejoiced with a bottle of sparkling water. Okay, it was champagne when he caved and decided it wasn't worth being the only one not to have experienced a week in the life of gap year enthusiasts at Three Highcliffe in Beckenham. We're meeting him at the bright and early hour of 8.30 in the morning next Thursday. Our dancer daughter is going to take the weekend off so that they can sightsee together and she can show off her Londoner skills of getting around town on an Oyster card. We went to Robin Gibbs' Requiem for Titanic last week, held at Westminster Hall, a lovely Methodist church, and um, the Philharmonic Orchestra, the London Philharmonic Orchestra, set up shop with their 75-voice choral ensemble in the sanctuary. Our seats was good, were good, and the evening was different. First part of the concert was music from the time of the sinking of the Titanic, pieces from Grieg and Elgar. Each one was introduced, but the conductor didn't have a microphone, so we couldn't hear what he was saying. The second half was the Requiem, and the choir came on, and Robin Gibbs' son introduced it, this time with a microphone. He told us his dad was in the hospital, and the family had flown in from Miami, and Robin's wife and children were at the concert, and the other members of the family were at Robin's bedside. And... Um, Robin's song, which he was supposed to sing live, was recorded called Don't Cry Alone. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the place after that had finished playing. It was beautiful. And um, it was such a shame that he wasn't there live to perform it. But um, keep him in your prayers. I believe he's in a coma, and uh, the newspapers say. So um, keep him and the family in your prayers. And I've run out of time again, so I'll have to say goodbye for another week. This weekend, I'm going to clear out some cover space for visiting sun, book a show or two, and clean. Not that he'll notice. Exciting. I'll be here same time, same place next week. So without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight. Our four children, who are a result of that belief. I miss you three in Texas. The hardworking staff at Toganet Radio, my guest, Julie Meekins, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Anne in Lindale, Hannah, Tina, Rosemary, Pam, Charlotte, and many others. Don't forget to listen to Sandy Fowler and Ali Lepreet. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Talk.